Hello, and welcome to the Roman Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. It's time for a review of the Washington Bowl team's 2021 draft class. In all, there were 10 picks with a theme of high character and athleticism. These guys I really like, along with some picks I question, but overall, I think it was a really solid draft that will hopefully impact the team for years to come. So with all that being said, here we go. In the first round, they took linebacker Jamin Davis from Kentucky. I really like Jamin, sub 4'4 guy, 6'3", 234, really long. You don't see that today in a lot of you know modern linebackers. I know the comparison out there a lot has been Darius Leonard. And if Jamin is anywhere near him, this defense is going to be top three in the league, easy. You know, I love his character, his athleticism. Comes from a military background, I know that's why Ron really liked him. You know, the film-wise, he's all over the field, makes tackles. Love his ball skills. He ran one back for six against Tennessee this season. Um, I just love that he has a nose for the ball. You know, I, I know he gets uh, sucked up on linemen sometimes and the bigger guys. And, you know, in time, I think he's going to get better with that. But, you know, the luxury with him coming here right now is having that great defensive line in front of him with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, Ionitis, Tim Settle, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, all eating up blockers. You know, it's going to keep Jamin clean, which is going to let him, you know, lose, use his athleticism and really just is speed to get to the ball carriers so you know I think that's really not gonna be that much of a concern I think in time he's gonna like I said get stronger and fight off blocks when needed but right now I think he's in the absolute perfect situation to step in from day one and be one of the best linebackers this team has had in a while um, you know I know the team loves versatility that he can play you know, the Mike Sam Will linebacker positions so you know it's obviously went into drafting him as well and I think you know eventually he can be the Mike linebacker uh, I think he's going to start on the outside at first. I think they still like Bostic, but I think Jamin's a three-down linebacker, and I think it's going to be evident from week one. I think he's going to play all three downs um, and, you know, just make plays all over the field. Like I said, he can cover the slot. He did a good job against Kyle Pitts in Florida. It's Florida this year. Obviously, he wasn't perfect, but, you know, going against the number four pick in the draft, you know, Jamin Speed was able to, you know, stick up with him. So, you know, Davis is a guy, like I said, not going to be able to come off the field and cover the slot. You can feel a- adequate about it. You know, with the Giants blowing up on offense, with obviously the additions of Kenny Galladay and then even Kadarius Tooney in the first round, Philly getting Devontae Smith, obviously Dallas already with C.D. Lamb and Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup. I think it was a great pick because Davis is going to have to be lined up with those guys sometime in the slot, and you want a guy that you're comfortable with to at least, you know, make a play on the ball or at least be there if a guy catches the ball. So, you know, Davis, like I said, obviously it's not, you know, the perfect opportunity to have him cover guys like that all the time in the slot, but it at least, you know, makes you sleep at night. Help you sleep at night to you know a guy that can at least be adequate in that position. So uh, Davis is a guy like real likes versatility, like I said, athleticism, and a guy that I really do like with a 19th pick for this draft. In the second round, it was Sam Cosme, you know, 6'6", 314 left tackle. Ran a 4'8", I think would have been the fastest tackle time. I think they, they recorded, obviously, there's no combine. So his athleticism there, like I said, goes into what this team of this draft was. A lot of athleticism and good character. He's a really strong player that could even move into guard, let's say, if he doesn't work out on the left tackle or even right tackle. Um, he's a little stiff in his hips sometimes, going against faster edge rushers. That's something that I think could be refined with some technical improvements, i.e. like hand placement, base setup, you know, something that, you know, obviously line coach is going to be able to teach him and get him, you know, put him in the best position to succeed. Now, I really think he is going to stay on the left side and be a left tackle. I think that's why the team drafted him. I think Ron's already said that. He's going to be start at least a left tackle from day one and compete with Cornelius Lucas and possibly draw on Christian. But if he's not ready to start day one, 
that's why you have Cornelius Lucas. Lucas did a really good job the second half of the season. But Cosme, like I said, I think he has the ability to stay on the left side and be a left tackle in this league. He's really athletic on his pools in space, something the team missed. You know, Trent Williams is one of the best in the league. For been and has been like that for the last ten years. He's been in the league one of the best, maybe the, of all time, pulling in space with his athleticism. And Cosme is not. I'm not on Trent level, but I like what I saw on film that he was able to be athletic in pools, get in front of his blockers, and get in front of his runners, and uh, you know take on some linebackers, even some secondary players. So, you know, I really like that aspect in the run game. So, you know, overall, and but also that can translate to guard as well if needed if he does the guard. But obviously, they're they're pretty well stacked at guard for right now with Sheriff Eric Flowers, Wes Schweitzer, Wes Martin. Still don't know what Sadiq Charles is. Maybe like Charles, a left tackle, can move Cosby to inside, or you know, Morg Moses is a free agent in a few years. Maybe Cosby plays in the right tackle eventually too. So you know, they have a lot of versatility in the offensive line, and that's obviously what Ron strives for. So you know, good pick in the second round with Sam Cosby. With the first third round pick, they went with Benjamin St. Juiced, pick number seventy-four overall. Big long corner, six-three-two oh five, runs a four-five. Um, he will be 24 in September, so he's a little bit of an older player. He started in Michigan before transferring to Minnesota uh, for the last few years. Long press cornerback, good technique. You know, it really makes me wonder if they're going to go into a man, more man scheme, especially already with the signing of William Jackson, because those guys is what they're tailor made for is a press man scheme. Like the St. Juice, the willing tackler, he was able to play the run pretty well. Can be a little awkward in space sometimes, but I think it's kind of due to his size. He looked a little out of place. You know, still made plays in the ball. But it just, you know, I just think maybe he just a little, looks a little lanky sometimes on film. Um, but, you know, as a guy that, you know, maybe could move to safety uh, eventually. Um, and that's, I think, what they have that in mind. But I think he's going to start, you know, at cornerback in this position and see how it goes from there. You know, he has potential to contribute, you know, pretty early on in the season. Let's say they move Kendall Fuller into the inside and have St. Juice and William Jackson on the outside. You know, if that's your best three corners, you got to get him on the field in any way possible. And, you know, Kendall had a good year last year. He tailored off in the second half of the year. But he's, you know, amazing in the slot. That's where he had the best year of his career um, in Washington in 2017 playing the slot. So I think if they can get him back playing the nickel, that would be fantastic. Or even if they want to move to free safety. He had a really nice year with the Chiefs back in 2019 playing predominantly free safety. So I think this pick gives him a lot of versatility down the line, not even with St. Juice, but, you know, maybe flexing Kendall inside a nickel, moving to free safety. Or even, like I said, St. Juice himself could play a little safety down the line. But overall, I think St. Juice has the ability to stay on the outside, be a good corner, and, you know, be one of the top three corners for this team for the next few years. The second third round pick, and uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter, NFL Scout 21, I was calling it, you know, I thought it was going to be the pick at 74, but I was ecstatic that he was able to last 82 and Washington was able to get him. One of my favorite receivers in this draft class, I mentioned him on an earlier edition of one of these podcasts as a sleeper. Um, it's Deami Brown, you know, 6'1", 189, 4'4", great, great long speed. Everyone knew what he was doing in college. He was trying to get downfield and make plays, and no one could stop it. You know, back-to-back years of 20 yards over, averaging 20 yards a catch, only player since 2000 to do that um, in college football. Uh, he had over 10 touchdowns as well both years. Um, so you're getting a big play threat. Some of this team has lacked really since Deshaun Jackson that can always consistently spread the field, attack downfield. Um like I said, really good at attacking the ball on goad balls, posts, deep crossers. Um, that was kind of what he was limited to in college, along with, you know, hitch routes. Um, so, you know, it really needs, you can develop his route tree a little bit. But, um, you know, I think 
he's going to be fine in doing that because I can see on film he has the twi quick twitch ability. I just think North Carolina didn't ask him to do it. I don't think he can't do it. I just think that was what North Carolina had him do. So I think he's going to translate very well into the NFL. Um, and I'm very confident he will be able to develop that round tree, uh, excuse me, that route tree. What I love about him is his ability to get off line of scrimmage. And, you know, you really look for that in wide receivers because, you know, sometimes you can, if you're the number one target on a play and you get pushed off your route, that develops, you know, can create havoc the whole play because then your quarterback is looking for another guy to throw to, go through his reads. Um, but, you know, Diami does a great job getting off the line. There's a perfect example in an FSU game earlier this year where he would just instantly beat his guy off the line. That was like a 20-yard touchdown on a little go ball. So I love that his ability to beat press and something that will translate very well to the NFL. He's great in, in contested catch situations. Um, even at 6'1", not the biggest receiver, you know, very good size, but, you know, he, he's very strong in those aspects. Has a couple concentration jobs here and there. Um, obviously, something that he needs to work on, but again, that's going to come. I think that's something, it's definitely not for a lack of ability. It's just something he's a focus on. And getting to the NFL, he seems like he was upset being a third-round pick. I think he's going to come in with a you know, really good attitude to prove everyone wrong. Prove everyone wrong. But, you know, all the features and abilities are there. He's going to be an impact player and starter for this team, if not this year, in the very near future. Big-time potential. I think he's going to be opposite of Terry McLaurin, hopefully for years to come for this team. And I really like his ability. I said it in that podcast that he reminds me a little bit of Stefan Diggs. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is one of the top shooters in the NFL. I don't know if he'll get to that ability, but just some of the movement skills, the way they run routes, the way he moves his head in and out of routes, um, even body types, a little similar to Stefan and if he's anywhere close to Stephon Diggs, this team will be jumping for joy and ecstatic to have Terry McLaurin, De'Ami Brown, Curtis Samuel, um, you know, going forward. Fourth round pick was John Bates, tight end from Boise State, 6'6", 256, another athletic guy, participated in the Catalans. Um, more of a blocking tight end like he was at Boise State. I think the team was looking for that after Jeremy Sprinkle left him free agency. Hopefully he's a better player than Jeremy Sprinkle because Jeremy had his inconsistencies here, not the best hands. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's something Bates can improve on. He did have good hands in college, very limited production, only 47 catches in four years. So, you know, averaged out about, you know, 11 to 12 catches a year. He did have 12 receptions in only three games this year before injuries. So who would have known? Who knows? He might have, you know, had a breakout year, you know, getting close to 30, 40 catches. If not for the injury this year, maybe would have gone a little higher. Um, I think he will develop to be a solid number two tight end. He's not a guy that's going to be a go-to tight end in an offense, in my opinion. Um, but someone that you can pair with, especially with like a Logan Thomas type, which hopefully this team will resign him and have him here, um, you know, for the long haul. Um, you know, I thought he was drafted a little early for my liking. I still like Brevin Jordan. He went early in the fifth round. That's why I would have picked in the fourth round. You know, Brevin had you know almost 40 catches in each year of his career. So um, definitely had more production in Miami, a smaller tight end than Bates. Um, obviously looking for more of a bigger guy. So if that's the case, I get why Brevin wasn't in consideration. But Brevin's a guy that I think will actually do really well for Houston. And I just thought he would have been a good fit in this offense and a good fit with Logan Thomas. But, you know, hey, John Bates, I think is still going to be a solid, at least, you know, rotational tight end for them. In the fifth round, they went with Derek Forrest, safety for Cincinnati. 6'5", 205, 4'4", ability. It means 4'4", speed is at his pro day. Flies to the ball on film, comes in like a you know a heat-seeking missile, and you, you love to see that from the safety position. He had good hands and instincts. Um, you know, was able to catch really the ball. I saw that you know he got his hands on, and that's obviously what you like to see from a defender. Really good special teams player. I think it's what also really came into consideration for this pick. He's a guy that I think probably will push Troy, push Troy Apke off the roster because he can do the same thing on special teams like an Apke, and it's going to be a better actual defensive player than Apke. You know, he excels more in the box than in space. 
So in my opinion, he's more of a strong safety. Um, but, you know, he has a speed to cover the deep part of the field in the future. So, you know, maybe something they could develop and, you know, eventually make him a free safety for this team. Because, honestly, that's the position they need. They don't need another strong safety with Landon Collins and uh, Cam Curl. So, hopefully, you know, Forrest will be able to translate to free. But, you know, he was better in strong safety situations in Cincinnati. And I think even in his, you know, post-draft presser or whatever you want to call it, he, you know, mentioned first he was a strong safety then free safety. So, you know, that goes into what, you know, his thinking is that he's, you know, probably put more comfortable playing closer to the line. And either way, it's a good safety to have. Again, you can't you know overvalue special teams. It's a very important part of the game. But I think he'd become a starter in time, and he will you know contribute on special teams from day one. So you know that's a good fifth round pick. You can't complain about that. I do like the pick. I would have maybe won Jamar Johnson though, <laughs> the safety from Indiana, and I think he won a few picks later. He is the true free safety. He only had really one year of production in Indiana. Really, is real only example of playing time. Indiana pretty solid defense, and Johnson was a big part of that. He's a guy that wasn't afraid to stick his nose in the ball um, and get up there and mix it up. Good blitzing safety, good, you know, in the deep part of the field. So I probably went with Jamar Johnson, but I'm not going to complain about Derek Forrest. I think he, you know, eventually will be a solid contributor for the Washington football team. In the sixth round, they took long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, um, which I think some people were upset about, but that was a need. Um, that's something that with Nick Sunberg not returning you know ron already told him he wasn't coming back that was a position like i said they had to have replaced i'm not i have no problem with it um you know honestly you know it could be a, a monster move you know and a gouda pickup so you know who knows it could be a, a pretty solid pick for the team i can't take credit for that that was part of the washable team account i think um kyle brant said one of those on good for morning football as well but you know either way it's a, that's the in-depth analysis you can get from me is a long snapper you know obviously if if we don't hear his name much, that means it's a good sixth round pick. So, you know, moving to the three uh, seventh round picks, you have Devens and William Bradley King, six three two fifty two. I think he needs to put on some weight to hold up on a four three. Um, he had a good production in college, eighteen sacks in college. His best year in our in uh, college was his junior year at Arkansas State with eight and a half sacks. Very quick first step. It's his calling card. Something he will need to, you know, translate to the NFL to be successful, especially at that size. If he's not going to put on much weight, he's going to have to use that first step to the best of his abilities to, you know, beat, you know, quality left and right tackles in the NFL. He uses his hands effectively to get off blocks. Um, he could be a situational rusher for this team. That's obviously what they're looking for at this point in the draft. The other defense end in the seventh round, Shaka Tony, 6'2", 242. Another guy that could, you know, probably stand to put on some weight. Gets off the line very well. Um... You know, he has very long arms set up off the edge and set up pass rushing moves that, you know, so it really helped him excel at Penn State. He had 20 sacks at Penn State. That's a really, you know, good number, especially in the Big Ten. Um, at least five sacks in three years. So, I mean, you know, like I said, consistent production there. Thought he was going to go higher than he did. I think he's going to make this team. I really do. I think he's going to be a, a good another situational roster, and that's exactly what this team is striving for. With the last seventh round pick, uh, second last pick in the overall draft, you have Dax Moline. Why does he from BYU? From BYU, you know, six one one ninety three, ran a four five four, just pro day. So not very good long speed. Um, he's a former walk on, so you like that he has that attitude to come in, and you know, nothing was given to him, so you know he's gonna have that attitude coming to the NFL. Really good production his last year at BYU, almost twelve hundred yards and eleven touchdowns from Zach Wilson. I think he has the potential to be a you know fourth or fifth receiver and contributing the slot in time. Um, I don't think he's going to make the team you know going to next year. I think he'd be a good guy, good guy to stash in the practice squad. Uh, good hands and plays bigger than his size indicates. So um, another guy they can hopefully translate and you know maybe take over in the slot in a year or two after you know Humphreys is only on a one year deal. So um, he's a guy that hopefully they can stash in the practice squad if everything goes right. 
Uh, then I'm just going to quickly talk about the undrafted rookie on team assigned. That's running back Jared Patterson, um, local guy from Maryland, close relationship, friendship with Chase Young. Uh, he's five, six and a half, 195 pounds, four, five, two, 40. I think if he ran a little faster 40, he definitely would have been drafted because production was there. Um, in four five is not slow at all. I just, you know, I think when a guy that size teams get scared and want to, if you're going to be that small, you got to run a four, low four fours, high four threes to help them envision like a Darren Sproles type. But, um, he's a smaller back. He, you know, improving on his backfield skills, something he said he worked on this offseason, which he needs to, to survive in this league. Because he only had 20 receptions uh, in his whole college career. And if he's going to catch on with the team, he has to improve that, especially with that size. Um, but, you know, running the ball, he had three over 3,800 yards and 52 touchdowns in just three years. I mean, last year, if, I don't know if anyone remembers, he had 409 yards and eight touchdowns in just one game. So, obviously, he was unstoppable in the MAC. And, um, you know, when you're looking at guys at smaller conferences, smaller schools, you want him to dominate. And that's what he was able to do. And he's a bowling ball type of tough runner. A uh, good one-cut guy. You know, he has the potential to beat out Lamar Miller if they keep a fourth running back. I don't think he's going to push Peyton Barber. I know Ron still really likes him. So I think, you know, if they keep four running backs, I think Jared Patterson is definitely in consideration there. You know, favorite picks, I'm going to have to go with Jamin Davis and uh, Deami Brown. You know, Jamin Davis, like I said earlier, I think he's going to be a quality linebacker from day one. Three-down linebacker, some of this team has not had in years. Um, you know, with him and Cole Holcomb, you have two of the faster linebackers in the NFL you know, pairing together. So um, I really just like his ability to play the ball. Um, I think he's going to do well in the slot if needed. You need to cover some slot guys. Um, and again, I think he's, he's going to have, you know, two to three picks this year. I think he's going to have over 100 tackles. Um, they didn't blitz him as much as Kentucky, but he has that ability. You know, he's a guy that I think is going to have you know, three to four sacks, three to four interceptions a year in his prime. Um, and, you know, obviously over 100 tackles. So Really like Davis, and then obviously I think you guys could tell my excitement for De'Ami Brown. That's my other favorite pick, a guy that, like I said, is going to eventually start start opposite of Terry McLaurin, in my opinion. He's going to be an impact guy, at least going deep from day one. But I think as as you know, as he develops his route tree and more, he's going to be a consistent you know player all over the field that they can get the ball to in a variety of ways. So De'Ami Brown is a guy that I think is going to be a steal in the third round. You know, you know, definitely my pick to be the this year's version of Terry McLaurin or Antonio Gibson for this team. Next little topic is, you know, obviously no quarterback, and I've heard some gripe from the fans that didn't happen. I have no problem with it. You know, being at 19, there was no really consideration for them to get one. Yes, they could have traded up to 11, get Justin Fields, but that wasn't happening. The Giants weren't going to trade up, you know, with a division rival with Washington to do that. They were going to have to go up to nine with Denver, and who knows if Denver wanted to trade out. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of capital to go up. And if you're not in love with the guy, there's no point of forcing it because you don't want to be in that situation like Dwayne Haskins a couple years ago. You know, if they're going to trade up, you have to absolutely be in love with them. And clearly they weren't. I have no problem with it. I think Fitzpatrick's going to be very solid this year. Um, I'm going to have a, a podcast on him later in the next few weeks talking about his rise over the last couple of years or more consistent play at least. But I think, you know, having... You know, Fitz here, Heineke, Kyle Allen. You know, once those guys in the second or third round area, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mon went, they weren't going to pick anyone else. There was no reason to. Because at that point, you might be pushing off Kyle Allen on the roster. And you know Ron and you know Scott Turner and the Carolina staff like him. So, um, you know, I think it was a solid move. We'll see what happens next You know, next year. If Fitz does well enough, maybe they bring him back again in a short contract extension. If he doesn't, you try to move up for more draft capital. Or maybe you trade for a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo or obviously situation bearing on Deshaun Watson. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded this offseason. And I think he's not coming here just because Green Bay is not going to trade him, you know, in the conference. 
NFC, and it seems like Aaron wants to be on the West Coast. So as much as Aaron Rodgers would make this team, you know, a Super Bowl contender, that's I just don't see that happening. But um, so you know, take this year by by uh, for what it is. I think Fitz is going to do a good job for this team. This team's going to be a division contention all year round. And, you know, obviously it sets them up. If they win the division again, it's going to put them in the same position they was this year about trying to get a quarterback. They'll have to trade up. If they like one in the draft. Um, so, again, you know, cross that bridge when you get to it. Try to win this year. Hopefully Ryan Fitzpatrick does an amazing job and helps his team win 10 or 11 games. Because I think that's what this team can do. You know, with this offensive talent they added, this amazing defense they added. I mean, they already had and then added William Jackson and Jamin Davis, among others. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really, you know, strong, you know, hopefully team going in 2021. Your last little topic I'll talk about is free agents like Trey Boston and Ryan Kerrigan. You know, what the situation goes from there. I know Ron had a radio interview and said they had some open spots. They weren't going to sign some free agents. They could sound tight end Deion Yelder and someone else. So, uh, and Martin Mayhew didn't really completely close the door on a Ryan Kerrigan a reunion, but didn't really leave it completely open either. I think Kerrigan's still in play. Um, you know, with him being a franchise you know, icon or whatever you want to say, leads, you know, all-time franchise record holder in sacks. I think the door is open. You know, if he's just going to be a backup anywhere else, I don't see why he wouldn't just come back here to be a backup. He's here. He's been here 10 years. He loves the organization by all accounts. So I think he still is in play because, yes, you pick those guys in the seventh round, but they're also seventh round picks. You can't contribute. You can't, you can't, you know, rely on consistent contribution from day one. So I think Kerrigan still in play. It might not happen closer to training camp. Or even in training camp, if they you know don't see as much from these guys, they draft in the seventh round, or a guy like Casey Tuhu is already on the roster, or James Smith Williams is on the roster with a seventh round pick last year. And then you know, lastly, free safety, free safety, I think is still a possibility because, like I said, I don't think Derek Forrest is a free safety. I don't know what they're gonna do with you know the Camp Curl and Collins situations. By what I've heard, you know, mainly from John Kime, is that you know Land is gonna play a little more of a linebacker hybrid role, or at least that's what they envision him in. So at that point, you got Cam playing strong safety, Landon playing that role. You don't really still have a true free safety. So um, Jeremy Reeves played well those you know, last couple games of the year. I don't know if they want to contribute, count on him the whole year. Deshays ever had some good games in the middle of the year before his injury. So they can go that route. But I think Dre Boston still in play with all the Carolina ties. I still like Malik Hooker. A guy still young, 24 years old. First round pick just, you know, four years ago. All the potential in the world coming off of torn Achilles. You know, great. Again, you know, center field, deep type safety guy in the middle of the field. True, true free safety. Um, Ohio State ties, you know, with the Chase Youngs and Terry McLaurin's of the world. But um, I think he actually was the same recruiting class as Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. So, um, you know, I still like him. I think he'd be a good fit for this team. I haven't heard any interest in that. So that, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. I think if they sign one, it's going to be Trey Boston. But I also do like Malik Hooker for this team if they decide to go that route. But with that, that will conclude this Washington Ball Team Draft Review episode. Overall, it was a really solid draft for this team. I give it a B plus, but really, we won't know the impact for a few years. You know, it's too hard to judge. You know, one week after exactly what you think this team is gonna, these draft picks are gonna produce. So, either way, it's great to see the team improving and doing and building in the right way. You know, something fans haven't been able to say for decades. So, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the pod. You can follow me on Twitter at, at, at NFL Scout Twenty One and Instagram at Roman on the Lead underscore Pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.